Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I am Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And I'm very excited for today's show because we actually have a, another special guest. And for all those uh, single ladies, I feel I feel like Beyonce singing in the Beyonce. background. Beyonce. That's what I said. Beyonce. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many ladies out there who are, um, you know, falling in love with Brett and uh, Damo, and uh, they're heartbroken <laughs> because you know they're married. And uh, so we thought we'd bring on a relationship expert here to help them find a guys, a, you know, the wellness guys like Damo and Brett. So, Andy, what a porcelain skin! We need a bit of porcelain skin. <laughs> Damo, would you like to introduce our special guest for today? Yeah, I would. Uh, absolutely, be my absolute honor. Uh, one of my great mates, uh, John Aiken, has specialized in relationships for. Um, I don't know how many years, but for as long as I've known him, he's had an incredibly successful relationship and an incredibly successful psychology practice. He's a psychologist and um, and specializes in wellness wellness for relationships, essentially. And so there's no better fit than this guy to be on our show to actually explain why it's important to have wellness in your relationship or to how do, how do you keep your relationship well and how do you find wellness if you're single when you're looking for a relationship. So I'd like to welcome John Aiken to the Wellness Guys show. How are you guys? It's a real pleasure to, to, uh, to be on tonight and, and it's something I'm passionate about. Whether yeah. it's singles, couples, I love the idea of getting messages out there that uh, essentially encourage people to take control of their love lives. Now, J.A., you've uh, obviously been on quite a, quite a bit of television. You've uh, hosted dating shows in New Zealand. You've, uh, you've been, you're now on television here in Australia. You regularly uh, contribute to magazines. Um, you're, you're all over the place. You're in the media everywhere. And it's because you nail this whole relationship thing. And what we find a lot in, in wellness is that sometimes one couple – in a couple, one one person in the couple may or may not be as into wellness as the other person. That can that can affect things, of course. But many people in the wellness journey spend a lot of time not only selecting great food and uh, exercising a lot, but potentially also meditating, taking time out to look after their body, their spine. They go and see a chiropractor. What what other things can people do to stay well, perhaps in their relationship? What are the things where people might be going wrong? What could they do to be well, better at it? Well, I, look, there's a lot of key. Uh, strategies that I'm going to give out tonight for, uh, for, for couples that want to be happier, that want to essentially connect on a better level. But one of, one of the things that I really want to kick off and, and say tonight is that research is clear. When you are in a healthy and happy relationship, it's good for your wellness. Your health and well-being improves across a number of different areas. But when you're in a relationship that's not good, that's not healthy, that has a whole lot of conflict, then it's really bad for you. Yeah. And so it's an important message to get across that when you are single and looking to choose, you need to choose wisely. And if you're in a relationship, then you need to work at making sure that you're getting the most out of it. Otherwise, it can really have some detrimental effects on your overall wellness. It's such a good point. It's such a good point because it is detracting. And I see a lot of people, obviously, when I've been doing the nutrition stuff, and I've, I've been doing this for years now, and the people that come to me in the biggest amount of trouble with their health, by, by and large, have had 
disastrous relationships at some stage in their life, so much so that they've turned to the sugar um, or they've turned to the diet drinks or, you know, whatever else, and they've chased every diet in their life. And that, that's, that's massively detrimental to their relationship as well as to their self-confidence. How do people repair from that sort of stuff? Okay, so the first thing you've got to do is you've got to say, all right, we have to, as a couple, start prioritizing what we've got here. We can't just let it drift because it's bad for our health. Uh, and then what you do is you say, all right, let's, let's make it nice and simple. The first thing you've got to target is the way in which you talk to each other uh, because that's where all the groundwork gets done. You know, you can't get any type of movement forward as a team if you're not listening to each other, if you speak to each other with disrespect, uh, if you yell, scream, put mm. each other down. It's not going to go anywhere. So as a as a relationship psychologist, the first area you target is talking, how they communicate with each other. And it's a big area. But what I'll tell people tonight is a couple of key things when it comes to communication. The first one, Damien, which I'm sure you're very good at, is to listen but not fix. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a key strategy. You know, and there are, there are oh. four guys sitting here on this call tonight. Wanting to fix. Lawrence, Brett, Damien, and myself. And we guys are terrible at dishing out advice and mm. not listening. Mm. <laughs> I think I'm great at dishing out advice and not listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brett's an expert at it. <laughs> you know, and when and when your partner comes home and she wants to vent and put everything out there, the last thing they ever want to hear is, "Well, here's what you should do." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? I'm sure the guys here will agree that, that when you're a you know a healthcare practitioner and you're used to doing that, often during the day is, is helping people and giving them advice and yeah. and so it's such a natural thing to want to do and it is hard to yes. um, and I know I've had to work on this myself to, to actually go, Okay, I am just gonna sit and listen and not try and fix everything. Mm. It's so it's true though. I mean it's absolutely that, that, that's, that, that's a crucial point when it comes to communication. Uh, another key one is that you need to try and make sure that you always side with your partner rather than siding with the enemy when you're talking. Now, what I mean by that is, Brett, if you come home to your partner and she says, you wouldn't believe what my best friend did today, what you don't want to say is, well, maybe you're overreacting, darling. <laughs> your best friend did have a point. That's it what is. we call siding with the enemy. Don't do that. You never want to do that in your communication. Instead, it's about listening and it's about siding with your partner when they're talking to you. Mm. Now, John, That's very hard to do, but it's a real cornerstone of good, healthy communication. Now, John, what happens if the enemy is your partner in that particular <laughs> conversation? <laughs> yes, well, that's a really good point, Lawrence. What happens physiologically, and you guys know this, you know about the fight or flight response, correct? Mm. We do, we do. And I'm sure you've probably talked about it on many of these successful podcasts. Well, what they know in relationship science is that when men and women get together and start having an argument, it escalates. And when it escalates and your heart rate gets to about 100 beats per minute, what happens is you start to flood the fight or flight uh, hits you and you shut down. Mm. Now, research interestingly shows that 85% of people that do this are men. So what it means is for all the women out there listening to that thinking, oh, their partner ignores me, they go to their cave, they're so rude, they're so you know, self-centered. It's not that at all. Guys shut down because they're trying to soothe themselves and get out of this fight or flight response. 
Is it John? Is that kind of when um, the the our partner, our, our wife, is 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 maybe speaking at us and we're looking at the floor, going, "When's this going to end?" Or that's we're uh, right. kind that's of looking exactly yeah. right, Dave. Let's think back to yesterday or the day before. And that <laughs> Five minutes ago, what are you talking about? <laughs> about how things need to be done better. And for a while you can stay in the conversation, but then whether it's, there might be a bit of criticism or an escalation, uh, the tone, uh, and what happens is you then stonewall, you shut down because you've, you've got into that overwhelmed state. And it's important to know that when you're communicating because when that happens, you will not be able to get any resolution. Mm. You will not be able to problem solve take the position of your partner, you will get stuck and fixed on a topic in your position, uh, your sense of humor will go and essentially you will just stonewall. Mm. So what I say to people when they're in that position is that they must take time out. So once it's escalated to that certain point, you need to go to your different corners of the house for at least 30 minutes before coming back and starting again. This is, this is an absolute vital thing, particularly for guys because... Um, what a lot of couples do is they try and just, it just escalates more and more and more and then things get thrown or people storm out, slam doors and, and you don't want it to get to that. So time out is key to managing conflict. It's Who a, calls the time out, J.O.? Who's going to call that? What happens there? Well, you can, either one can do it. You know, I mean, it's ideal if, you, if you're working with a, a couple that the guy gets an understanding of of when his heart rate goes up, he starts to flood and that he finds in time that he's able to monitor that and, and retreat. But sometimes his partner needs to just say, hey, you know, I get a sense you're getting overwhelmed, you're looking away now, clearly you're overwhelmed, let's come back to this in half an hour. Yeah. Make sure you, you get back to it within a 24-hour time period. John, I just add to add to that, I, I imagine that it would be great to set some of these ground rules before... Um, there's any emotional yeah. involvement, right? So, you know, when everything yeah. is calm and there's nothing actually going wrong and to say, listen, so if we ever get into conflict, if I just sort of say to you, we just need a timeout, it's not that yeah. I don't want to listen to you. It's more like I, we just need to calm ourselves and then we get back to a neutral ground, neutral you emotion. You got it, Lawrence. Yeah? That's okay. Absolutely so, well, well said, yes. And do it before, obviously, things get heated. You've got this plan in place and you have your timeout. And when you, when, by the way, when, you, when, when you're having your time out, don't sit there and, and think about ways in which you're going to get retribution. I'm going to get back at them for this. I've got, <laughs> got, a, I've got something I'm going to catch them out on now when I go back to tell them. Rather than do that, think mm -hmm. about just calming, calming yourself down and thinking about, I wonder what their position is really. What, what are they trying to say to me here? So when you do get back to it, you're not you know, on the offensive. I got to say though, as a, as a male, like I mean, just observing male sort of, I guess dominance or presence it's pretty tough it takes a lot of willpower to actually pull back and when that fight or flight yeah. state isn't it oh yeah because yeah. we want to yeah. prove we want to you know the competitive nature in male naturally almost so i want to win right so it, it takes a lot of strong will so you know what you're asking to do is i think it's fantastic but i imagine that it takes a lot of guts and a lot of willpower to actually overcome yeah. that it, it, it takes a lot of practice but if you're thinking about the the other tips listening but not fixing mm. and make sure that you're siding with your partner and now you're taking time out what you're doing you see is you're recreating a different communication pattern uh, in a very straightforward way and what it does is it reduces the chance of it escalating by doing this there's one more thing I'd also 
say to those people out there when you're thinking about communicating? <clears throat> and, and I'm going to put you three on the spot. Oh, dear. Oh, Jay, <laughs> hey, why do you do this to me for? I'm going last. <laughs> We're all in relationships, aren't you? Yes. 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 Okay. Now, right off the top, I want you to tell me two things that you appreciate about your partner. Damien, you kick it off. All right. Um, Amber, she's very, very organized, and she keeps me organized, and she's incredibly considerate of Brilliant. everybody else around her and her time, out at their time. Brilliant. Brett? Um, oh, I love that, that she's, uh, she's just so supportive of absolutely everything that I do. Um, yeah. she's, she's always behind me 100% with that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and she's just a fantastic mum. Um, oh. you know, in terms of our whole wellness lifestyle, I, you know, it's just brilliant. And what about you, Lawrence? Uh, number one for sure is that she's a great mom. You know, she's a, a great mom and a great wife. And the second thing is it's very similar to, to Brad and Demos is that she's she's very supportive of anything that I do and she's, you know, the challenges. But she's also a good balance for me in a way. Like she'll tell it how it is. If she thinks it's a bad idea, she'll tell me and the reasons why. Not that, you know, she's criticizing is more to make sure that I see the the picture or the vision or whatever I'm trying to do to make sure she gets that balanced point of view. So I'm not going into something that's uh, just thinking on one's from, from one point of view. Perfect. Now, all of those things, the reason why I got you to do those is because what you're doing there is you're expressing appreciation. You're uh, pointing out good things about your partner. And one of the key to, to, to communicating well is that you are doing that on a daily basis. You are talking to them and pointing out at least two or three good things about them every day and telling yep. them that. Is that enough, J.A.? Is two or three enough? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's a whole lot more than what a lot of couples do, which is maybe once in six months they might say, grunt something nice at each other. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, John, as hey, well, man. because I've actually just read a, a different book as well, which was The Five Love Languages. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that came out of that for us was that actually the, the love language for both of us uh, was actually words of appreciation, or yeah. I can't remember exactly the phrase they used for it. Words of, uh, uh, words of uh, affirmation. Words of affirmation, yeah, and so we've certainly been working on on doing that more as well, recognizing yeah. that that was the thing that we both liked the most, and uh, and I think it's been great. It's been really good. It's a fascinating. And, 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 and that's one of the things out. that often we forget to do. You know, life gets busy. Yeah, and sometimes we just assume. You know, we 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 assume that that's assumed knowledge, and oh, they know. You know, and uh, and it's important to actually make sure you express that as well. That's exactly right. So another key part of communication is getting those good things about your partner out as often as possible. And if it's three times a day, that is a whole lot uh, mm. compared to what a lot of people are doing. Now, just on what you were talking about there, I mean, that's, that's kind of just a few key tips for people in terms of communication that they can take home and they can start putting into practice. But you also mentioned uh, the five love languages, and that kind of gets into an area of how you want to support and express uh, yourselves to each other, and that's a very good point. It's a, it's a wonderful idea, and I often give this as, uh, as an exercise to couples that I see. Uh, the five love languages are essentially um, words of affirmation, uh, gift giving, acts of service, time together, and touch. And what this guy, uh, Dr. John Chapman, said was, well, you know what, everyone's probably got a love language, so if you want to support them in a way that really matters, that resonates with them, you've got to find out what's important to them. So like for me, my wife loves touch, so she's always going on about, I want a foot massage, John. 
<laughs> and, and, you know, touch isn't my love language. My love language is time. So I'm wanting to hang out with her. Yeah. Mm. So what you've got to do is figure out what they are and then act accordingly. And figure so, out what yours is too, John, because I think for a lot of blokes, they listen to that list and go, well, of course, mine is touch. And, uh, but actually, when you go through the process, you may find that yours is actually something else. And that, that's right. That, that's mm. an important so, thing to communicate with your partner as well. That's right. So for those out there, another exercise that I'd give you tonight uh, is that, um, or for this podcast, should I say, is that you should go to the website Five Love Languages. Uh, that's the number five, lovelanguages.com, and take a quick quiz. It's a fantastic thing to do. It takes about 10 minutes with your partner. You have a laugh. You have a, um, you know, a good time doing it. But what really comes out of it is that you get an immediate readout that says, your love language is time or your love language is touch. And just knowing that means when you're wanting to support and express appreciation to them, you do it in that way because you know that it resonates with them. That's it. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that the, po the point you're touching on there is that it's important to be a bit more proactive about this sort of stuff as well. Yeah. So, you know, rather than waiting until you're in an argument and trying to figure out how you're going to deal with it, you know, one of my favorite things, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but is, you know, having a regular date night where my wife and I actually sit down and get to have a conversation yeah. and, you know, talk to each other and get stuff off our chest and talk about the future and whatever it happens to be. And I think sometimes being more proactive with our communication like that can save a lot of problems later on too. That's a really good point. And on that date night, what I'd say is not only do you do it on a regular basis, here's another tip, alternate it. Ooh. So what you do is one person, one of the nights, say Damien, organizes everything with Amber from what she is going to wear, getting the babysitter in, uh, to the restaurants you go to, you order off the menu for her, you get the tickets to the concert, you do everything. And what she does all night is just simply say, Yes. And then the following <laughs> day, yes. following day, you reverse it. And so she does everything and, Damien, you surrender. It's called a surrender date. And yeah. it's a very popular way of evening up power and control and getting fun into the relationship. How good is that? I love it. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that's that cool. And just on that idea of, of, of fun, here's something else that's worthwhile couples knowing when they're starting to do these different strategies. Uh, novelty is really important. You know how, like, you know, my wife, uh, my wife and I go to a cafe every, you know, when we can, uh, but we've got a regular one that we always go to. What research has found is that doing novel things rather than the familiar things actually brings you closer together, and it's very good for the relationship. So, what you want to be doing is maybe once a week or once a month, doing something different that you're sharing for the first time together. So it might be a different restaurant. It might be going for a different walk than you normally go for, doing a different gym class together, going to a cooking lesson but cooking something totally that you've never done before, either of you. This mm. is really healthy for a relationship because novelty is important. It's like a glue that sticks you together. Mm, that's great. Good, good tips, good tips. I'm loving it. I'm. Um, it's it's good. I love hearing all this stuff, John, because I do a lot of great things. I think in my relationship, and we've got great communication, and and I've seen how successful Brett and Lawrence are in their relationships, and it's really, um, it's it's just so refreshing to to know that there's actually still more that we can do, and it's uh, it's great. Well, there, there, there always is, and I think the important thing is just just to keep remember to prioritize it. 
Nice. One of the other things that I would say that, that I have to bring up tonight, which is an absolute key one, yep. involves uh, housework, particularly and chores and domestics in general. Now, oh, do you need to bring this up? No, I think we should just <laughs> move I on. I've got to bring it up because it is such a key issue <laughs> in relationships. Okay. And people go, nah, that's just small stuff. The small stuff is really important, particularly when it comes to domestics. This is what you've got to know. It says fairness and equality about a relationship. It sends the signal. So if one person is doing 90% of the workload, whether it's child-rearing or housework, they will start to feel like this is unfair and that they will resent what's going on. Now, research, interestingly, has found that when the, the workload is evenly shared, guys get more sex. <laughs> okay. Now, there's, now, there's a motivation for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And I often say this to guys in, in, you know, in private practice. I say, look, mate, you, you, you're carrying on like you're not getting enough. But you, all you, you realize here is that <clears throat> there's not equality going on in your relationship. Four players, everything going on outside of the relationship. Unloading the dishwasher, filling up the car with gas, hanging the washing out, doing the vacuuming. That is foreplay. And if you want more sex, then you've got to roll the sleeves up and start sharing the housework and the child rearing more. And, of course, what happens is then the, the, you, you start to become more of a team and uh, there's fairness and equality that's going on and the intimacy starts to grow. That's an important point, John. And, look, we were just going to move on to singles, but I just want to touch on something here because... Um, a lot of the other reason why people's relationships tend to become unwell is because there appears to be some kind of disconnect in what uh, a male might expect in a relationship versus what the female would expect in the relationship and what the male thinks the female would like and what the female knows she does and doesn't like but the male just doesn't get it. So, and I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, John and I, when we were in New Zealand the other day, we did a bit of a survey. We actually surveyed with, um, with a friend of ours, Sarah, um, how many times do, do couples actually have sex? And, yeah. and what's considered to be normal and do women actually enjoy having sex or do they need to? And, and these were interesting questions. So, John, could you maybe take us through that? Because this here, I think, is a big bugbear in many people's relationships. Yeah. Well, look, generally couples, uh, you'll find on average, you're having around about uh, sex once to twice a week. Now, that will, of course, depend on a whole lot of things and I've already alluded to that. And what's important for couples to realise is that it's not so much the frequency, but it's it's whether the couple are really satisfied with what's going on. Because some couples, they only want sex once a month, whereas others want it every day. What's really key is that you're both on the same page about how much you want and how much you're getting. Mm. And to know that foreplay is everything that goes on outside of the bedroom. Uh, you need to be trying to create intimacy through small, little actions that uh, bring you both close, uh, whether it's you know the uh, the unloading of the dishwasher, or it's a little gift, or it's running errands, or picking up someone from uh, daycare, whatever it is. All of this builds intimacy, which then flows through to your sex life. So when people start saying, "I'm not getting enough," what I look for, big picture, is what is the goodwill that's going on in the relationship here? Mm -hmm. No goodwill means no no sex. All right, John. So, look, without wanting to, you know, brush everyone away from the how to get more sex, because 
I know there's lots of blokes out there with their notepads out right now writing feverishly as you're saying stuff there. But uh, <laughs> if we move on to the, the other group of our listeners, I guess, which is the uh, the singles out there. Yeah. Um, you know, what are some key things that, well, what is, I guess, firstly, what are some key things that singles do wrong when they're looking for a relationship? Like, what, what are the most common mistakes you see? Okay, yeah, look, there are, there are a number of common mistakes that will come up time and time again uh, for singles that I see. The first of which is that they have a negative attitude. So it doesn't take long at all before uh, someone will say, uh, there's no good ones out there, or um, they're all taken, uh, um, guys just find me intimidating, I'll never meet anyone, I'm too old, uh, they just want a younger version of me, I've got no chance. And what happens is uh, essentially this uh, negativity then becomes a, a part of their, their social life as well. They start gravitating to other singles that have a similar mindset and then they catch up for these victim sessions where you simply become helpless and hopeless about the fact that your dating life is terrible. And so one of the first things that, couples can, uh, that singles can do that really holds themselves back is having that negative attitude. It's destructive and it takes them out of the game before they've met anybody. How do they get positive? Well, there's a number of things that they can do. The first of which is that they can uh, say to themselves, I'm no longer going to put myself down in public. Okay. If someone asks me about my love life, I'm going to give them a straight up positive answer about it and no longer am I going to say, I'm bad at relationships, there's something wrong with me, I'll never find anybody. That's a thing in the past. You also stop hanging around friends that are toxic and negative and that bring you, that bring you down. That's important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, you need to start turning on to your strengths. So you would sit down with a good friend and you'd say, you know, what are some of my strengths here? They might say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're ambitious, you've got a great career, you've got a fantastic sense of humor, um, you look great in, um, you know, you're very athletic, those sorts of things. And what you do is you start focusing on your strengths and why am I good at relationships? And when you do those sorts of things, you start to lift your positivity, you start Start to essentially saturate yourself with a different way of thinking, and it starts to then send out a totally different vibe. Gotcha. So you're um, you're using a bit more of a, I suppose, a, a true law of attraction, like by, by uh, surrounding yourself with people that are going to build you up and top you up and make you feel fantastic. Yeah, you're going to actually attract more. Yourself from putting yourself down. Yeah. And also focusing on good things about yourself, really your strengths. So that's one of the key things to do. Another problem that I see with uh, singles is that they are uh, hung up on the past. Hmm. They carry around baggage with them and they, you know, when they meet somebody, they'll, the, the first thing they'll say is, oh, I'm not really ready for a relationship right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether I can commit. Those sorts of things. Hmm. If you're carrying around baggage and hung up on the past, again, you're not in the game and that's something that you need to deal with. Mate, um... Well, I've heard you speak of that before, and you've mentioned something about a relationship post-mortem, actually you know, going back in and yep. looking at stuff. Yep, yep, and that's how you get over being hung up on the past. What you do is you sit down and you say, okay, let's look at the relationships I've been in here. You might have been in four key significant relationships. You say, okay, why did they go wrong? What did he bring into it? Why was he wrong for me? And also, why was I wrong for him? Mm. And then what do I want in an ideal partner moving forward? And what am I going to do differently in a relationship next time around? So you do a post-mortem of those key relationships that you've had in the past 
and you learn from them so that you no longer carry the baggage of the past around with you. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say closely aligned with that, guys, problem X's. The amount of singles I see that say, I can't meet anyone. However, I do spend half my day with, uh, with my ex. I go to dinner. I catch up for coffee. We go to movies. If I've got a problem in my life, I go to him to try and get me through with advice and solutions. Bad, bad, bad. Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to meet somebody, you have to be available. And hanging around with your ex makes you unavailable. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So about- get hard on that and cut them out of your life. Now, I know that you might have kids and you're broken up. That's okay. But that doesn't mean that you still get consumed with your ex. You have to have boundaries. Otherwise, you're taking yourself out of the game. Another one I'd say that I think relates heavily to what uh, the wellness guys is all about is we can all let ourselves go as singles. We drink too much. We eat poorly. We let our exercise and fitness drop away. Mm. We start going out late and we don't sleep enough. Yeah. And then we say, I don't know, I can't meet anyone. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Mm. You've got to start taking stock of that. Look, look after yourself. Pulling yourself together, absolutely. Look good. Well, I mean, John, those things you're saying is absolutely amazing stuff. I mean, the, but I think one of the key things is also awareness, isn't it? Because if you're not aware of what you want, like we talked about the, the love languages for couples, but there's no reason why, even if you're single, not to address those issues and find out what your love language is for yourself so that you know how to interact with the new partner and actually tell them what uh, they like or what I like, that type of thing. That's so true. Mm. You know, you, you know. If you want a good, healthy relationship, you've got to know what makes you tick and be able to share that with your partner. Mm. Uh, and, that, and, and that ranges from what you like in bed to you know, what food you like uh, to uh, how you think about parenting and discipline, um, you know, where you stand on religion, what about your work ethic. You need to know how you tick and be able to get that across. That's a very good point. Um, I, I tell you another thing that's uh, that's important for singles to remember as well is that you cannot take things personally in the dating game. You have to be resilient, and the way that you get resilient is that you have to have an approach that dating is a process of elimination, not rejection. You are simply trying on shoes, and if they don't fit, you put them back and you go to the next pair. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you take seriously uh, and personally. Otherwise, you spiral, you get out of the game and you don't recover. The, 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 the key that I say to all singles is this. Be picky. Keep your standards up. Be patient. And when the right one comes along, you leap. Rather than settling for average and then going in and trying to change them and make it right. Because, frankly that falls over and you'll end up single and 40. Yeah, imagine that. So, and, and I know people say, oh, no, 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 this is no good. Why not, you know, drop the standards and go out with someone? Well, i tell you why. Because I see couples that have done that, got married, and then they're sitting in my office. Hmm. And they're saying, I don't like him, and he's saying, I don't like her. Mm-hmm. And I never really did that much. You don't want to get to that situation. Instead, be picky. Know what you want, avoid the wrong types, and then be disciplined about it. And what happens is you start to, to attract people that are, that are good for you rather than the average ones that you're trying to fix. Mm. 
So true. John, listen, I've, this has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's so much information there. And so we're definitely going to have to do a part two episode, you know, continue. Because here's, here's one thing that uh, we, I've noticed in this particular podcast is that um, a lot of the, the tips that you've been giving is for all the blokes, right? So um, I know yeah. we're dealing yeah. with all the guys, which is, you know, which is fantastic. I mean, because I know the guys need to step up. Now, I think uh, in the next episode, we should, you know, definitely deal with what are some of the things that the girls can do to help with the relationship and also for the single guys as well. I think we can definitely address that. But unfortunately, we ran out of time on this episode. But, uh, you know, we're, that's what keeps everybody wanting, the, wanting more from the wellness guys. So uh, thank you, John, for your time. I want to just... Um, let people know what John actually you have a book that's coming out and I know you already written a book uh, do you want to just tell us which where more, people get more information about yeah, you for, for more information on me go to my website which is johnaiken.com.au um, and uh, if you're sitting in front of uh, uh, the TV channel 7 on the relationship expert on the morning show uh, so you'll see me sort of weekly but certainly, and on Twitter, if you want to follow me, I'm uh, at John Aiken Live. But you can get all of that from my website. There's plenty of videos and blogs, uh, free information there. And, 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 you know, if you're wanting to, to get more in terms of your um, happiness, whether, it, whether you're single or, or as a couple, there's a lot of information there that will improve things for you. So, you know, uh, feel free to, to jump on to the website and have a look around. Well, John, thank you very much uh, for your time, and you know, there's, uh, I really encourage all our listeners to go check out the website uh, because it's just absolutely amazing information there. It's a blog there, and and uh, there's a lot, just tons of stuff for, for you to get some free stuff there for you too as well. So as always, join us each week on thewellnessguys.com. Leave your comment below and tell us. Um, what you think about this particular episode. Uh, I think John actually put a challenge for the guys uh, to see whether you can get more sex. Um, go on Facebook <laughs> and tell us uh, what happened. You know, did you get more sex because you... Uh... I, didn't, I didn't hear that challenge, LT. That, <laughs> that was that a was huge challenge. personal challenge. That no, was I think you need to... Remember, you know, that, yeah, what I want to hear from guys out there is, you know, when you do more housework, when you help more with your partner in terms of the domestics, did what happens to your relationship? Mm. Yeah. So we'd love to know. We'll have to do a survey. Improve. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, check us out on Facebook and uh, maybe follow us on Facebook. Definitely, because you never know what uh, could come up from those from this conversation there. Sure. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Sign up uh, for notice of each episode, and make sure you subscribe us on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show. <laughs>